0: Tonight I've been asked to talk about Christians and freedom, and a good way to introduce this is this. I love Australia, and I love the beaches in Australia, and I love how in Australia, at the beach, you don't need a change room, because a towel can be your change room. You just wrap the towel around you, and you can get change behind the towel. And as you take your swimmers off, at that moment, you are buck naked, but that's all right. You look around you, and everyone else is doing the same thing. It's appropriate and normal, and no one's going to arrest you. But if you try to do the same thing in Pitt Street Mall, you will be arrested because context is everything. What you can do in the beach, you can't do at Pitt Street Mall. So where is the place of Christianity in Australia? Well, we're told you can believe anything you want as long as it's in the privacy of your own home. I work one day a week as a doctor, and I remember telling a nurse at work that I am in full-time Christian ministry, and her face just went black. She didn't know what to do with that. And she said, what does that mean? I said, I tell people about Jesus from the Bible. And she went silent. I thought, I've said the wrong thing. I've offended her. One hour, two cases later, she comes up to me, and she says, psst, I'm a believing, practicing Catholic And we have a church retreat this weekend in Katoomba. Can you pray for me? I thought, wow, even she doesn't know how to come out in public as a Christian. And so Israel Folau sends out his tweet. And people generally say, you know what, he can say anything he wants, but he should have kept it to himself. And maybe that's what we're told as a Christian. We can believe anything we want, but we should keep it to ourselves. So I've been asked to speak tonight on the issue of Christians and freedom. Uh, If you've heard me at Onward, you've heard half of this stuff before, but there'll be other stuff you haven't heard. So I'm going to give us seven tools for understanding the place of Christians, freedom in a public society. So let's look at tool number one. We have to understand that there are three spaces of freedom. Three spaces of freedom. The first space is the private space. Then we have the second space, the freedom of assembly space. And then the third space is the public sphere. So look at how this works. Let's say I'm a lactose intolerant Asian. And four out of five Asians are lactose intolerant. Nine out of 10 African Americans are lactose intolerant, which just shows as a human species, we're never meant to drink from the milk of a cow. Okay, so I'm a lactose intolerant asian so in the privacy of my own home i can say okay this place is only for lactose intolerant asians there'll be no dairy products in my fridge i have the right to do that in the privacy of my own home and then i can set up a freedom of assembly a club for other lactose intolerant asians and you can join this club if you're a lactose intolerant asian and if you're a dairy eater bad luck, I have the right to exclude you. And if you're not an Asian, bad luck, I have the right to exclude you. Because there'll be some other club out there for meat eaters and for Caucasians. But in the public space, let's say it's a university campus, I now have to share this space with people of all diets and all races. I have to somehow navigate this where I can't be exclusively lactose intolerant and Asian. In the privacy of my own home, I can say, okay, this family, we follow AFL. All right? We have the right to say only AFL football is allowed in the privacy of our own home. If you want to play soccer, fine, go to another home. We have the right to exclude you. And then we can join a club of AFL players where my boys can play AFL. If you want to play soccer, fine. There's another club down the road you can join, but we have the right to exclude soccer and rugby players. But then in the public space, like a council park, we have to share this space with people of all codes, all beliefs, all cultures, all practices and all traditions. Now let's see how this works for religion. In the privacy of my own home, I can say Jesus is Lord. This is a Christian household. And then I can form of a, an assembly of other people of the same belief. It could be a Friday night Bible study. It could be a Sunday gathering where we can say, meet here if you have the same belief and practices. You too believe Jesus Lord. If you don't, that's fine. There's another place you can go to down the road. But in the public space, again, like a university campus or a city business district, we have to navigate this space with people of all beliefs, practices, cultures and traditions. So there are three spaces that we navigate when it comes to freedom of belief and religion. So where do we get this idea of a freedom of assembly? Why do we have this middle space well, because the foundation of democracy depends on it, on it so that people of different beliefs can be safe to practice their beliefs, their traditions, and their practices because that's a foundation of democracy. So we see here in the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of, of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof of religion or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people peaceably... To assemble. That's in the Constitution, to have this freedom of assembly space. Not the private space, not the public space, but this freedom of assembly, this middle space. The, the Australian Constitution has something very similar. Section 116. Perceiving spot, there's a very, very subtle difference between our Constitution and the American Constitution. There are four limbs to our Section 116. The Commonwealth shall not make Any law for establishing any religion or for imposing any religious observance or for prohibiting the free exercise of any religion and no religious test shall be required as a qualification for any office or public trust under the Commonwealth. Can you see there's a subtle difference between our constitution and the USA one? It's the word any. And maybe in question time we can ask what difference has this made for Australia versus what it's made in the USA. Now, how do we then navigate this public space where we have to share this space with many people of different faiths, different traditions, and different religions? Well, we can make two mistakes. One mistake is the one that Christians might make, and it's the idea that we can coerce people to have exactly the same views, beliefs, and practices that we Christians have but we can't do that. So we've seen with diet and sport, we have to have this space free for people of all traditions, beliefs and practices. But the other mistake is the one that secular atheists might make. And that's the idea that this space is neutral. You can only come here if you leave religion behind. But I would say you can't do that because one, on the one hand, religion is who I am. If I'm to be true to myself, I can't leave my religion in the privacy of my own home. You can't ask me to stop being Asian in the public space. You can't ask me to stop being Christian in the public space because that is who I am. And you think of all the amazing changes and reforms that happened through people like Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, they are who they are because of their faith. You can't leave your faith behind in a public space. You can't be neutral. And it's also to have the wrong idea that you can be neutral. And this reminds me of when I used to live in the United States. Americans love meeting Australians because they say, oh, I love your accent. And then the next thing they say to you is, do I have an accent to you? And think, oh, my goodness, they can't hear their own accent. They think they're neutral and normal. And even more